Be ye men of valor, and be in readiness for the conflict, for it is better for us to perish in battle than to look upon the outrage of our nation and our altar. As the will of God is in heaven, even so let it be. Winston Churchill. Just a good old boy, trying to be a good old man, out here learning on the fly, trying to do the best I can. Hello, and welcome to the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. I am Brett Etheridge, co-host of the podcast with Perry, Perry Hughes. Welcome, Perry. How have you been? Good morning. I'm doing fantastic. How about yourself, brother? Uh, doing well. It's good to have you back. Uh, I know it's been Woo. an eventful, <laughs> an eventful couple weeks for you. How's everything going with your new building and your business? Yeah, it's going well. We, you know, as as everybody knows, I hated missing the show last week, but I was uh, under the time crunch to get everything finished. Old building completely emptied out. New building um, operational. So last week was a busy week, not to say the least, but uh, it went smooth. Everything, I don't expect it to run without a hitch. You know, there's going to be a few hiccups. There's going to be a few um, obstacles, but they were all manageable and none of them were, you know, uh, massive or anything like that. So it was a smooth week. Very busy, but smooth. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to get back to a more normal cadence and a nor- norm, more normal pace of life versus the, you know, seven days a week, 12 hour days situations that we've been doing for about the last month you know, six weeks. Yeah. Routine can be very welcomed after periods of chaos. And then I find sometimes once I've been in a routine for long enough, it's like, okay, I need something to sort of like, I need to disrupt my routine a little bit. I need some adventure and some, <laughs> I need to change things up a little bit. So you're ready to swing back the other direction and settle back into a routine. I love that. Uh, and we are joined today as well by Master Sergeant retired Anthony Dominguez. Anthony and I have been friends for, we just kind of realized, about 11 years now. So, Anthony, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks. I'm excited to be here, and thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Of course. So we're excited to have you here. And and I was actually going back and forth with you, trying to lock in your title, Master Sergeant Retired, and you made sure I said it in that order. And yet, isn't it once a Marine, always a Marine? That's right. Once a Marine, always a Marine. Uh, um, well, when you, when we retire, we, we we like to make sure. Some of us don't like to wear our ranks afterwards. Okay, you know, uh, you'll find other guys are still claiming to be that person, but I'm retired now. I'm you know I'm on the next chapter of my life. <laughs> and and we're going to talk about that because I'm curious what's going on in that next chapter of your life and how you have carried the warrior into that next chapter of your life. To me, you're a Marine. I've only known you as a Marine. I think of you as a Marine. I picture you as a Marine. And and that's part of why I invited you on to this episode, because we are going to talk about the warrior, the warrior stage as sort of outlined by John Eldridge and Fathered by God. So if you've been following the podcast at all, you know, we haven't been covering the book in every episode. We've sort of been bouncing around and we've, we've talked about different aspects of what John Eldridge call, calls the masculine journey in Fathered by God. We've talked about the boyhood phase, the childhood phase. And in this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the warrior and the warrior stage. And man, when I was thinking about this, it's just, it's Anthony. Like, I just, I just thought about you, Anthony. And I was like, we just have to have a conversation here. And obviously you're a warrior and that like, literally you actually are a warrior. I mean, you have fought in wars and I want to ask you about that. You are a Marine retired, 
Um, but you're a warrior so much beyond that. I've always admired you as somebody who always is fighting for something that matters, for a cause. I feel like you're always somebody who is fighting for important things in your life. And that's really what the warrior stage is all about. Uh, I'm going to just read to set the stage a quick a quick sentence or two from Father by God. If you're following along, and you guys have been you know, reading the book and, and are doing this with us. On page 102, Eldred writes that the heart of the warrior says, quote, I will not let evil have its way. There are some things that cannot be endured. I've got to do something. There is freedom to be had. And that's the heart of the warrior. And I, and I see that in you, Anthony. And, and maybe I'll just kind of throw it back to you. You know, do you do you view yourself as a warrior? And as you were sort of reading this chapter and reading this book, like, do you resonate with that? What what is a warrior to you? Yeah, um, great question, Brett. You know, I think uh, the term warrior is is used and it's thrown around a lot these days by 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 a lot of subgroups, I guess. Um, you know, and, and this book really really opened my eyes to what a true warrior is. You know, I had my own perception of, you know, being a warrior from 20 plus years of military experience and 20 plus years of, of going back and forth to war. Um, but I really loved how this, this, book, this book spoke to me and said, you know, what a warrior truly is, a, a warrior in the like and the image of God, right? And how, how God was a warrior. And um, so, yeah, you know, I, from a, from a, like you said, like, like a literal perspective, you know, I do consider myself a warrior. I've been to, to battle, uh, um, you know, but when I look at it from a different perspective that this book comes at, right, I, I see myself as a warrior still, right, it, it, but a different type, uh, the kind that you talk about, uh, standing up for what, what I believe in, you know, fighting for just causes or, or you know, just representing just causes and, and willing to have the courage to stand up and say something. Uh, and so, you know, I do believe that I'm a warrior, uh, a warrior for God and, and, and a warrior in, in the literal sense as well because of my experiences. Let's talk about those experiences a little bit. W when did you, like, when did you first fear, feel the warrior spirit in you? What was your childhood like? And talk to us a little bit about how you even came to decide to join the Marines as a young man. So I think the warrior spirit was in me at a very, very, very young age. For as long as I can remember, I wanted to be a Marine. Uh, and I think that was shaped by uh, the times, uh, cartoons, um, G.I. Joe's, uh, um, Sergeant Slaughter on WWF back yes. in, the, in the 80s. And, you know, um, all of those things I thought were so cool, especially in the G.I. Joe cartoons where good was fighting evil. And good always prevailed. And I that, that just really used to speak to me, speak to, to the person I was. So, you know, in my childhood, I can remember being in elementary school and sticking up for people that were being bullied. Like I would literally fight other people that were trying to beat up another person. Right. Because that person was weaker than them or whatever the case may be. I mean, and I did that all the way through my high school years. I remember in high school, I f literally physically fought a guy because he wanted to beat up my friend who was a passive guy. Uh, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure, here in the future, sh the short future. But he wanted to beat him up. And, and that guy was not capable of that. And, 
you know, so I defended him. And, and, you know, so I think that's always been in me, but I can remember as far back as being like six years old and just being a boy and wanting to play guns and, and, and cops and robbers and, you know, and always wanting to be the good guy. So I think that's always been in me, man, for, for forever. And so my calling literally was to be a protector, to be someone who did what I did for 20 plus years. And what's cool is, and John Aldridge talks about that, that's hardwired into a man by God. So it's not unusual that it was in you early. You just detected it early. You recognized it in you early. Let me ask you about your own father. Um how did he respond? First of all, was he an active and an active presence in your life? And when you fought somebody in elementary school, sticking up for somebody who was being bullied, did your dad applaud that? Did he chastise you for that? Because I think sometimes we have fathers who are te- telling their kids, "We don't fight. Like you don't, you don't fight somebody at school." Blah 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 blah. Others are like, "Yeah, son. Like good job. Stick up for those who need to be stuck up for." Where was your dad sort of on that spectrum? Uh, when you were exploring your warrior spirit at an early age? Yeah, so that's the interesting part, right? My, I, I had, I mean, we all have fathers, um, but my father wasn't active in my life. He was present, but he wasn't active, active as a father. And, and it wasn't because that's not, that's, you know, he didn't choose that. It was, it was more by circumstance. So my father, uh, when I was very young, about two years old, uh, you know, it was involved in gangs and, and that whole life. Uh, and he was shot. So he became blind from the time I was two till the day he died. Uh, so my dad was handicapped uh, and he lived with my stepmom because my, my mother and him, you know, went their separate ways. So he was living, you know, in, in uh, Southern California. And I was at the time in Northern California. So my dad wasn't a real active presence in my life. So I never really got that male guidance of uh, uh, what you just talked about, right? Of, of, you know, whether being a warrior or saying that, yeah, that's good to have courage to stand up for that. That was never, that was never put into me or given, you know, giving me guidance by, by a male. I never had that. Uh, I think that the, the only thing that really um, kind of probably helped shape me was watching through others, you know, watching others uh, and their examples. When you, when you say watching others, who comes to mind? You said you didn't really have that as a, as a male influence. And, you know, um, I, I'm sorry to hear that loss in your own life with the, you know, the impact that that lifestyle had on your father and how that directly impacted you. I know that must've been really hard to walk in and live through. Um, did you have you know, maybe female influences, you know, that were a part of your life saying, Hey, this is important on how to be a man. Or was it, was it other men, relatives, or was it, you know, you know, media, the television, I know, you know, those cartoons of the portrayal of the good guy warrior was a big part in your childhood. But in terms of, as you began to walk through this phase of life and standing up for the weaker kids at school and fighting for just causes and doing what's right, you know, there, there had to have been some type of influence that was, you know, being modeled for you to, to see that, you know, what was that like specifically? Yeah. So, uh, I'm the youngest, I have, uh, of, uh, three brothers and three sisters. Now, uh, you know, we, we have different 
moms and dads, but you know, we're very tight. We're very close and we don't really look at it that way. So when I, when I say I'm the youngest of, of three brothers and three sisters, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a baby. So I had examples, right? Yeah. Now, all of my brothers had the opportunities uh, to go in, in, in wrong directions as well. But all of them ended up joining the military, in fact. Uh, uh, two Marines, one Navy, and then I joined the Marines, right? So as the baby, they I think they were, they were probably my examples. I always saw that they were in the military and they were in the Marines, and I thought that was so, so cool. Um, however, I didn't live with them, you know, and, and I watched from afar. Um, so I think probably their examples I, I, I looked at and I took note of. Um, and, I, and I can say that early in my life in, in, as an adolescent, probably, I don't know, from as early as I can remember, to be honest with you, uh, my mom being in the church and that message and that seed being planted in me at a very early age. And then as I grew up as a teenager, having males around me in the church because we went to church. Right. Uh, and and just seeing those examples around me now, all of those. They weren't, they didn't have that direct impact and spoke into my life to say, you know, this is what you should be doing as a young man or, or whatever the case may be. It was me just having to watch it by example. Now, on the flip side of that coin, I also had all the wrong examples to, to watch as well. And, 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 I, and I made some of those mistakes as well, because, you know, when you're growing up uh, and you're in that stage where you're, you know, as the book talks about where you should be entering that warrior stage. There was, there was a lot of things pulling from me, good and bad, from, from the environment I lived in, uh, you know, to the socioeconomic status that, you know, we were in. I didn't have a lot of, of great examples. I had more bad examples than I had good examples. It's just that the good I took to because at very early stage that, that the, the seed was planted in me of what was good and what was, what was bad. Did you resonate with the cause that the military was fighting for naturally? Is that something that drew you to the Marines? As we're thinking about being a warrior, the question becomes, what are we willing to fight for? What are we wanting to fight for? Obviously, we're wanting to fight for good against evil. Um, did you recognize the good that you were fighting for? Or was that something that sort of developed in you after you were already in the Marines? Yeah, I guess you. I guess you would have to define what what is good in that question. That's right. Right. Uh, I think. Uh, I think early on when I joined the Marine Corps, like everybody, anybody that joins joins a service, fire departments, you know, any anything that is serving the public, uh, you join with pure intentions and, and a pure heart, and you join because you want to make a difference, and you believe that what you're doing is a, a just cause, right? Uh, and, and that's why we do it. Right. Um, now, obviously, when you get in there, there's a lot of things that happen at the much higher level that, that than we see at the very, very lowest levels. Right. Um, and, and whatever those are, that's what those are. You know, but what I can say is I believe in, in, in the cause of our military. I believe in the cause of, of, of make, stand up for freedom. I believe in just goodness. Right. And, 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 and I like to believe that we as a country are, are doing the right thing and doing the good things now we make mistakes and uh and uh i think uh we are a part of that you know that uh, those who join we, we become a part of that um but it's not the reason we join right so we can't control the decisions that are made at a higher level 
But, you know, as warriors that join the military, we do it with the pure intentions and, and a good heart. And we believe in the cause, right? And that's why we do it. All right. So you're in the military, you're fighting for something you believe in, and now you transition out of it. Maybe talk to us a little bit about your transition after you retired into civilian life. What are you doing now? I mean, just bring me up to speed a little bit. I know you you told me even since I last talked to you, you're actually in a new in a new position, a new job. What has the transition been like after you left the military and uh, and how have you sort of fed the need to continue being a warrior and fighting for things that matter to you personally and for your family? Yeah, that's a, a really good question. Because so let me ask you answer your first question. What I'm doing now is uh, I'm a director at a security and intelligence company. Right um, when I first retired in 2019, uh, I, I I joined a. Uh, 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 leadership program in the big oil and gas uh, industry. Uh, and I did that for three and a half years, which was good. It was corporate America, but I was really bored. Uh, I didn't really like it. Um, uh, I just didn't feel any purpose. Any, 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 I didn't feel like what I was doing was important to me and it didn't resonate to my own soul. Right. And so after three and a half years, I made a jump to the security and intelligence community where now I, I feel what I'm doing is making, making a difference again. And that, that speaks to, to who I am, right, in my DNA as a protector, right, as, as a person that wants to, to, to do good in the world and, and fight for, for good causes and whatnot and fight for people who can't fight for themselves. I'm, I'm still activating my warrior spirit, per se, right, uh, um, because that's where I feel at home most. Right? I can't do it through the military anymore. Uh, which is fine. I just found another avenue to to satisfy uh, what makes me happy as, as a person. And that's, uh, you know, making a difference in other people's lives in some capacity. That's one of the interesting things because, you know, and John Eldridge talks about this. It's not like these stages are distinct and one stage ends and it's done forever. And now you move on to the next stage. And I feel like the warrior stage is perhaps the stage where it is most evident in terms of like bleeding into all areas of your life and it never really ends, right? Just because you retired from the Marines doesn't mean you stop being a warrior. And and I don't know if you would consider yourself a king now. I mean, you're obviously in your working years, you're providing for your family. Uh, I would say you're very much in the king phase as well, but you're still a warrior at heart and you want to make sure that the things that you're doing as a king yeah, you're the king, but you're like a warrior king, if that makes sense. And I think it bleeds into all aspects of our lives probably forever. Would you agree with that? And how do you sort of view the distinction between the stages of the masculine journey? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Um, I think that John El, El, Elridge, El, Eldridge, right? El, Eldridge, I think he, he lays out the path uh, pretty good. I like the way he did that. And I can, I can connect to, to what he talks about to my own childhood and my own upbringing, right? And I'm like, he, he, he hit it on the head. Um, but I do feel like, you know, you pass through these stages and, and as you're passing through them, it doesn't necessarily mean like when one stage ends, you're no longer this, right? Because as a cowboy, I could probably say, I still want to be a cowboy sometimes. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I want to go and be, be like a young kid and, and, and go and do risky things out in, on the playground, which is a playground these days might be skydiving or, or, you know what I mean? Like, I still want to do that cowboy stage, but 
I'm in my king stage where I'm, 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 I'm taking care of my family. You know, I'm raising my children. Uh, I've raised my children, I should say. Uh, um, but I also still have that warrior spirit, right? I, so I'm, I'm in my king stage, but that warrior spirit will never leave me. Neither will the cowboy. Neither will the cowboy stage because I still like to do, you know, fun kid things no matter how old I get. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. I, I feel the same way. And I think for me, scratching that itch is probably riding motorcycles a little bit, you know? There you go. Um, yeah, and I love it. And it's fun and it's dangerous and it's, you know, thrilling and all those things. But it's what what I like to call a reasonable risk. But, you know, as you were talking, I started to think some about a couple things, really. One, for me, in my own life, you know, Anthony, you talked about being this guy from a young age. You had this, like, identification as the warrior protector. I'm going to fight for other people. And for me as a man and as a boy, I didn't, I'm not that guy. I'm not the one that as a young age was like, yes, I am strong. I'm a protector. I am a warrior in that, in that light. You know, I didn't identify in that area myself personally. I can actually remember a time where there was a, a kid in the neighborhood that I was friends with. He and I had some kind of disagreement. Who knows what it was? I mean, could have been anything, but I, I remember one day him showing up at my back door and I knew he wanted to fight me and he came up, knocked on the back door and I stood inside the door behind the screen and he's like, come on, man, let's go come outside. And I was like, nope. And it wasn't because it wasn't because I was trying to be righteous or holy or do the right thing or whatever. It's because, man, I was freaking scared. It was a year younger than me. But he had more confidence than me. He, he walked over to my house to whoop my ass, you know? And I just stood behind the door like, nah, man, I'm not coming outside to fight you, you know? And I kind of played the card of like the, the being the bigger man or whatever, you know? But that wasn't the heart of it. The heart of it was I was scared, yeah. you know? So I think there's probably a lot of guys in the world that don't necessarily wake up every day with this warrior spirit of I'm the protector. Now, I feel like I've developed that over time through, you know, different circumstances that have called me into that role for the purpose of protecting others. And so what I'd love to hear your perspective on, you know, is as you have grown through, even as a young age, feeling that warrior identification, I am protector to 20 years of service, you know, in the armed forces. Would you say that? the more you step into the role of warrior, the more you become one. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like the more you scratch that itch, the more it develops, the more you cultivate that reality of identity, the more it develops, the more you step into a scary situation. I'm sure that there were plenty of times in actual physical war battle, you, your guys were scared, but instead of standing behind a door, you step into that danger. And I would, I would say from my life experience, and I would imagine yours would, would be similar, that the more you step into the warrior role, the more equipped you are to live it. You know, what, what are your thoughts in terms of that kind of um, thought process and, and your own experiences? Yeah, you know, so let me first start with saying that that, that uh, no matter how many times you do find the courage to step up and, 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 and when you're called to be that warrior, it doesn't mean it's not scary or it gets any less scarier any, you know, each time as you go. Uh, every single 
battle I've fought, whether it's a physical battle on the battlefield against an enemy, uh, uh, a battle against someone that was bullying someone else, um, a moral courage battle where I feel like, hey, that's not the right thing to do. and And I probably should say something. It doesn't mean even though I've done it my whole life and I've been this identity since I was a young boy, it doesn't mean it makes it any less scarier to do. Right. And there's always that hesitation to, uh, to do something uh, on whatever the situation is, because, you know, for fear of backlash, you maybe you don't want to be looked at as the different one, or you're the only one saying something and it's going against the grain, but it's the right thing to say. And just no one else has the courage to say it. Right. Those are all scary scary situations to step into because you make yourself vulnerable. You make your, you put yourself at risk. Right. However, uh, for me, I, 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 I couldn't sleep at night if I didn't do that, right? Because it is in my DNA. So I do think that the longer you do it, the more confidence you gain in, in, in being able to say, okay, I'm going to step up and, and my warrior spirit is being called and I'm going to step into that role at this moment. Um, and it does cultivate over time and, and, it, and it does make it easier to, to because you have the confidence you can draw on past experiences. Right. Uh, um, but it doesn't make it any less scarier to step in and do that. Right. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. And Perry, I feel like I'm remembering a few episodes ago when we were sharing our small wins from the week. You talked about how there was a confrontation at your workplace and and the words you used were lean into it and that it wasn't always natural for you, but you felt like it was the right thing to do to confront an injustice in your workplace with some contractors who weren't doing the right thing. And you leaned into that and you confronted them. And I'm sure that wasn't easy. And what I remember you saying was you made sure that your son was watching you do that and you talked to him about doing that. Anthony, as I swing back to you, let's talk about initiation and how you have been intentional in trying to initiate your own kids and your own family maybe through the different stages of the masculine journey, but specifically the warrior stage, because I know your boys are wanting to follow in your footsteps now and actually be warriors, like actually be Marines. And you talked about how you didn't necessarily have a father figure in your own life teaching you. How are you learning then to do it for your kids? And why is it important to you to step up and, and be a father in their lives the way that maybe you didn't have for yourself? How are you initiating and how have you initiated your sons uh, and daughter through – remind me, how many kids do you have? You have a daughter, right? I have two daughters and two sons. Two, two daughters. daughters. And so all of your kids initiating your, your boys and girls as warriors. What does that look like for you and your family? Yep. Um, so I think for, for my children and my approach, um, I think more than anything, it was through example, right? Uh, kids are going are, are gonna to always watch. They're always watching and they're always learning and they're always listening. So I knew that, that whatever I did, uh, they were watching, right? And, and I think that was probably my greatest uh, form of initiation. It was don't necessarily... Well, you had to do what I say because you're my children and I'm giving you the guidance, right? But it was, I wanted to be more of a do as do as I do, not so much as I say. You, you understand? Um, and I think that was the the way I, I, I raised them was, okay, watch me. And this is what right looks like, right? Um, for my boys, 
you know, I felt that it was important for them to uh, uh, learn discipline. Um, so I looked at all, all the things that I didn't have in my life as a young boy um, and, and where I had voids or holes or gaps. And I said, OK, let me let me make sure my sons don't and my daughters don't you know, miss out on that. Uh, um, and so for my sons, I put them in uh, martial arts early uh, into in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And it was it was more than just a uh, I want you to do some extracurricular activity thing. There's a lot of lessons to be learned in martial arts, um, right? For, uh, a lot of discipline, self-discipline. Uh, a, a lot of the time on the mat when you're being crushed, when you're being when you can't breathe, or uh, you're being choked out, or you're trying to someone's trying to submit you. All of that it builds resiliency. Yeah, there's a physical struggle happening. But mentally is where I wanted them to become strong. And I wanted to initiate them mentally to be tough, right? Um, because the mental, I realized, is more, more important than the physical. So after their lessons in jiu-jitsu, if they were being crushed or they had to tap out, I would always tie that to a lesson saying, listen, that's what life can be like, right? Life is tough. You're going to feel suffocated. You're going to feel stressed. Someone's going to be on top of you or you're going to feel like the situation's on top of you. What did you do to get through it? Did you die? No, you didn't. Did you make it through it? Right. And I just, that's how I initiated my boys is, is, is through mental toughness that translated from physical, you know, some type of physical activity. Right. And I always tied it back to that for my girls. Uh, it, they, they, they weren't about to do martial arts. They, they were just not into that. You know, it was a lot of just good conversations with them good conversations, very open conversations with them. I mean, because we're always protecting our kids through the, the evil that's in the world, drugs, uh, bad influences, you know, there's so many things that they can be grabbed, right, from, um, it's just really good open communication is, was my approach and, and, and me being the first one to tell them what they're going to hear in junior high school. And those were uncomfortable conversations. But they, they, instead of them getting the perverted version first, they got the version for me first, you know? So I think that that was very helpful as well. Yeah, that, that makes a big statement that kind of goes towards one of the themes of the warrior spirit, which is to engage, to be decisive. You know, the passive, the passive man is like the opposite of the warrior spirit, you know? And so I love how you were very, proactive, engage with your kids. Hey, we're going to talk about this. Hey, let me put you in this environment of martial arts. This is going to create physical stress, which is going to translate to mental stress. And here's how we're going to deal with it. Now, let me debrief that with you. Let me talk about that with you. Let me tie this to the real world of, you know, what you're going to experience moving forward. So I love that, man. That's a beautiful way of, of parenting, beautiful way of raising the kids. And I, I think it's a constant reminder for me because um, while I love my father deeply and he was always present in my life and still is to this day, um, he tends to lean on the side of passive. And I think I uh, got some of that genetically. I got some of that modeled for me. You know, that's what I was watching happening in my life is, is, a, is a, a man that is um, demonstrating passivity. And for me, that's almost my default, you know, and I have to be constantly intentional with myself to go, okay, let's be default aggressive. Um, you know, I always hear Jocko's voice in my brain, like default aggressive, default aggressive. 
default aggressive, you know? And so I have to remind myself of that default aggressive engage. There's going to be that moment mentally where there might be a hurdle. There might, whether it's a, you know, a conflict at work, whether it's a conflict with your spouse, whether it's an uncomfortable conversation with your children, there's that moment where you could take the easy road and just not do anything. The path of least resistance as the book talks about. Yes. But that's not the warrior spirit. The warrior spirit is, is to be active, to be engaging, uh, to be default aggressive. And that doesn't mean, you know, fist fighting aggressive, but it means intentional. I'm going to lean into this. I'm going to step into it. I'm going to take this moment and boom, engage right now. So, um, you know, how do you, how would you speak towards a man or what advice might you give towards guys that are maybe hardwired towards passivity versus guys that are hardwired towards engaging or or protector or conflict so to speak you know what what would you encourage or what would you say to those guys that maybe lean into passivity too much yeah i think that's interesting that you know you gave your example about you know your father being passive and you believe that it was you know whether through example what you saw or genetically you became passive right uh, and I, I, I find that super interesting because that can be reversed, right? So sure. I feel like my, my two sons are very, very, very uh, naturally passive because their mother is passive. She's a very passive person, right? My daughters are, are like, like me, very aggressive, which I'm happy about. I'd rather my daughters be that way than my sons <laughs> because you know, they're so strong and independent, like, I, I got this dad, you know, like, or I got this Mr. Boyfriend, like, so that's what we all wanted for our daughters, right? Like, all right, I'm glad. <laughs> um, but my sons, they're, they're very passive because their mother's passive. And I believe that that's where they get it from. Um, and had I been a passive person, I believe that, that they would be passive. So it would be your, your example, right? And then, and then where do they learn to not be passive? How do they learn to not be passive and, and to be aggressive and step into that warrior spirit when the time comes? Right. Well, I, I, I mean, I can't, I don't even know. To, I, I can't even answer that question. How do you change that? I, I, I would probably turn that back on you and say, well, how did you uh, uh, overcome that? You know, but I, I would say that, you know, if I was to give any advice to any, anybody that, that, you know, is in passivity, it's just, it's, I think it just comes down to analyzing what, what courage means to you. Right. You got different types of courages. Do you moral courage, physical courage, right? Uh, um, spiritual courage, right? How you've got to really take a look at this as, all right, if, if I don't do this, if I don't do what's right, when the time is right, who is? Yeah. Right? Uh, there's one of my favorite sayings from my, a foundation that I volunteer with is, if not me, then who? Right. Yeah. That speaks to my soul like no other. If not me, then who? Right. So as a if I was to give any advice to to any fathers out there that are that do find themselves in passivity, I'm going to tell you, if it ain't you, who's it going to be? Because your children are watching you. Right. And they're, they're also watching everybody else. Whose example do you want them to take? Yeah. What a great challenge. What a great calling. I love that. Anthony, do you. Would you ascribe to the idea that there is true evil present in the world? Absolutely. Uh, and not only present physically, but as we know, there's 
evil spiritually. What are some of the areas right now that you think present the biggest danger to to a free society, to a moral and just society? What are the battles that your kids and our kids and my kids are going to need to be fighting against that evil in today's world? What are some of the idea, uh, areas that you identify that say, that say in today's day and age, this is what's worth fighting for? Well, that's, man, that, that's, a, that's a huge question because there's so much to unravel and unpack there uh, because you've got your... You know, you got your true evil in the world uh, of people that want to do bad things to other people at the, you know, the small criminal level, at the at the at the state level, you know, meaning country wise. Um, I, I mean, I can go anywhere, any direction with that. Uh, I guess I guess I would say the biggest thing that uh, biggest evil that I worry about for my kids is. Uh, and I would, I don't even know if it's, we'll call it evil is really just, uh, remain a good person, right. With good morals and values, because I feel like those are being eroded and, and they're being chipped away at slowly over time. I mean, look at the time difference between when we were kids and to where we are now, right. You can see TV and TV is completely different from, you know, what they show these days. Right. So what's the thing in the world that, that, that I worry about or that I want my kids, I think my kids are going to have to deal with? I think it's going to be a continued erosion of good morals and values um, and, 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 and a divide of this country, right? Uh, I think that, you know, if, if, they, if they can continue to divide the country, well, then there's a whole lot of other type of battles that are on our hands. And I think that just leads to, you know, the spiritual warfare and the physical warfare. Um, so it, it, it is pretty concerning to me, to be honest with you, of, of where we're headed. Um, I don't have any control of that, though, so I just got to lean on God for that. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. And and we have to step up and, and actually do something. And you touched on this earlier, the fears that men might have that would prevent them from stepping up. Let's talk a little bit about strategy and tactics and techniques. You know, there's a part in this chapter where John Eldridge lays out a few quote unquote lessons from lessons from the battlefield about how we're supposed to fight these battles. And I'd be interested to, to know if, if he got them right. <laughs> you know, I don't think he ever actually served in the military, but as you think about things that you were taught and things that you then led your uh, your men in doing to actually win battles, do they apply in the quote unquote real world? Um, I think some of the dangers in today's world obviously are that if you stick up for what you believe is right in terms of trying to stem this turning of the tide with with values and morals and truth, man, you can get canceled in today's culture. People come after you. People call you all sorts of names. You are racist. You are this. You are that. You are, and then they'll cancel you and they'll, and all of these types of things. And so a lot of times it's easier to sit back and say, you know what? I'm just not going to engage. I'm just going to, I'm just going to withdraw into my own little cocoon. I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to let this crazy world fall apart. I'm not going to step into the fray because of what it could mean for my job. I could lose my job. I could lose, my my sponsorships, I could lose whatever, depending on, you know, if you're listening to this, different situations that you're putting on the line when you take action. 
how can you and how should men fight some of these moral battles in today's day and age? Yeah, that's tough, right? And you hit it on you hit it uh, on the head, right? It's you, you put yourself at risk these days when you do stand up for something that you believe in, right? That's tough, and that's a that's a personal decision that people have to make. I think, um, and there are and there are risks, right? Like you said, like do I put my livelihood of taking care of my family financially, uh, you know, uh, at risk because I want to say something or stand up for something I believe in, but I potentially lose my job. That's not fair. You know, I don't, I don't think that that's fair and the world is not fair. So what do we do? You know, how do you, how do you fight those battles? Well, I think that really comes down to, uh, like you said, strategically thinking, right? If I make this move, how is that going to affect myself in, in other ways? Right. And it's a balance of, do I pick this battle to fight on? Is this the hill I'm willing to die on, right? Now, in those instances, instances, I think that you can um, maybe are, are compromising, you know, what you believe in, and, and maybe you're not stepping into that warrior spirit at the time or at the moment, but you may not always, you don't have to fight every battle. There every you go. battle, I think that needs to be clear, right? You can be a warrior, but you can't fight, you don't have to fight every battle, right? Uh, uh, there's a war, right? Uh, the war is the bigger picture. Fight, fight the battles that you know you're going to win. Fight the battles. Fight the battles that you know you have a good chance, right? And then the the ones that bring the risk where you can't risk it, then just walk away from that and pray on it. You know, uh, it's tough. That's a tough one because trust me, there's more times than not that I want to say that I want to say something like, dude, that is not the how you should be treating that person, right? Is that, you know, what, and I got to think about those things strategically. How is it, that's the critical thinking, right? How is this going to affect me in A, B, and C, right? And, and it's a fine line and it's tough, man, because you do got to compromise sometimes. And that is the way of the world, you know, but don't get me wrong. If it's a, it's a, a, a gross injustice, I'm saying something. I don't care. Like I'm saying something. I would rather be able to sleep at night than, uh, than, uh, you know, know that I let something, you know, happen on my watch, essentially. And I've always respected you for that. I feel like, I feel like you put yourself out there on social media a little bit more than most. I'm sure, but I'm sure you filter yourself as well. So I appreciate sometimes when you do make a public stand on things that you believe in, and I'm sure you get some backlash on a few of the things that you've put out there. Uh, but I'm, I imagine you also filter what you say as well, and you don't put everything out there because like you said, you have to pick and choose your battles. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's always thought out, right. It's always thought out of, of what I put out there. And, uh, if I'm going to take a position on something, uh, I've already done my own research and I I've already done my own, you know, why I believe in this and I've taken it, taken inventory for my, myself. Uh, and it, and if I put it out there, then it's really something I believe in, uh, you know, because I, I know that that's public and people are going to disagree and, and I'm okay with that. You know, uh, if you disagree and you want to talk about it, then I'm willing to talk about it. But, you know, have your ducks lined up because I have my ducks lined up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I think that, too, is a, comes from over time and confidence of having the confidence and the understanding that not everybody has to like me. And certainly not everybody has to agree with me. Right. And so I think as men, we. I, I know for me, sometimes folks can be people pleasers and I've often fallen 
into that category too, man. I want everybody to like me. You know what I mean? But uh, coming to the point of, well, I'm going to stand for what's right. I'm going to stand for truth, absolute truth, not um, my truth, you know, but I'm going to stand for what is true. And if people don't like me or they don't like that, well, then, okay, cool. That's on them. You know, it's not, you know, that's not the end of the world. Um, and so I think that comes along with the confidence of like what you're talking about of, of strategizing, going, what is worth fighting for? What is worth standing up for? You know, um, and I, you know, for me, I think it's truth. I think it's the, uh, you know, people that can't stand up for themselves, you know, things like that. We always got to stand up for those things and we've always got to speak up and, and fight towards those things. But again, on the flip side of that, sometimes that choice to step away or not engage is an active choice. That's, you know, stepping away can be an action versus it just being a, a passive, you know, default passive. I'm not going to do anything. Well, I'm intentionally stepping away from this particular engagement for X, Y, or Z reason, you know? Yeah. And you got to be able to recognize uh, the right time to do that, right? You may not have all the information, uh, the optics from your perspective may look one way, but you don't know the full story. And so those are when I say, you know, uh, this is probably not a, a battle that I'm going to take on where I, f I feel like what I'm saying is right. But I don't know the full facts. I don't know the story, right? And so I'll, I'll just leave this one alone until I have that. And that's when I say, like, if I put it out there, I've already done my research and I've already taken a position like this is what I believe in, right? Um, but I'm not saying anything until until I have that, you know, that full perspective, you know. And that's and when I have that full perspective, that's when I'll go to battle for it. I'm not jumping into, you know, as as a, as a warrior in in uh, the physical sense, right? We never jumped into a battle that we didn't believe we could win, right? Yeah. Uh, we always had the tactical advantage. We always had fire superiority, and we were going into that battle prepared to win, right? And and it's no different, right? Brett, you said, how do those those things, those that training, how does it translate? Well, that's how it translates. You know, if I'm going to go into to a battle uh, where my warrior is being called, do I have the information? Do I have the tools uh, to win this battle? Right. Am I well informed? Right. And, and is it a moral and just cause that I'm willing to stand up for? When I have all those things lined up, I'm coming to tell you that this is my position. Right. And I'm willing to take this battle on. But I don't go into those battles uh, unless I'm prepared, you know, just like any other battle. Sure. So how does that translate as we think about, you know, the difference between physical warfare and spiritual warfare? You know, what does that mean for us as fathers and men to walk in? daily with a tactical advantage with superior firepower with information with tools you know how does that translate on the on the spiritual battlefield and our daily our daily practices what are we doing are we praying are we are we reading the scriptures are we engaging with other men in fellowship etc so how does that translate for you you know when you talk about tactical advantage superior firepower information the tools know we're going to walk into this battle and win what does that mean on the spiritual level on the daily for you yeah uh so i i mean i i don't know how many of your your your, your listeners are are in the military um but in the military well before we go out on a mission we do what we call pccs and pcis pre-combat checks and pre-combat inspections and essentially we're checking all of our gear we're making sure we have all of our rounds in our magazines we're making sure we have all our magazines our optics, extra batteries for our optics, for NVGs, you name it. We, we, we do these full inspections 
before we step out of the wire, right? That's a, that's, that's a military common thing that we do. Now, translate that to the average civilian in the, and, 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 and the Christian in the spiritual world. You know, before you step out of your door, before you leave your house, that door, there's a battle going on out there and we know it. There's a spiritual battle happening for sure. And there's physical battles happening, you know, in other aspects, right? So how do you prepare for that? Well, as a, as a, as a guy that comes from a military background and I can tie it into the spiritual realm, well, what do you do? I put on a helmet, a, a Kevlar and a flak jacket and all this gear to protect myself, right? Physically in, in battle. What do you do? Well, you, you put the armor of God on, right? God gives you all the tools to protect yourself. You got a shield. You got the, you know, your 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 plate, your your helmet, your 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 word is your sword, right? And I think for for fathers, before you step out into that world, you've, you've got to arm up. You've got to do your pre-combat checks, your pre-combat inspection. It's, am I prayed up? Am I protected? You know, do I have the tools that I need? Am I fed spiritually to say I can handle that if I see that coming my way? Right. So I think that's that's the translation for me, at least, is is your 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 the word of God. That that's my rifle. Right. And and the armor of God is my protection. And it's daily. You wouldn't go into one battle prepared and then take the next battle off in terms of your preparation and your your checks and all of that type of stuff. And so as men, it's recognizing that it's a daily battle, like you said, every day before you you step foot out the door and it's. And it's bringing our kids along with us, engaging them with us in terms of praying against things. Um, and so for me, you know, if my kids are going uh, going up against something, you know, at school or there's somebody that they're not getting along with at school or something's happening in their lives, yeah, it could just be it could just be an earthly type of thing, but but it could be. It could be a spiritual thing. It could be the enemy attacking them in some way. And so we'll sit down and, and we'll just pray about it. We'll pray against it. We'll we'll ask God's discernment on it. And hey, you know, help us in this situation. Help me to be wise in this situation. Give me insight into how to deal with this person, the words to say. I I encourage my kids to to learn to pray for themselves and and learn to hear from God themselves in terms of, you know, what would be the best approach for for going to my teacher and and talking to my teacher about this or dealing with somebody who I feel like is bullying me at school or whatever it would be. Um, you know, bringing them along, praying for them, praying protection over them, throwing that blanket over them, but learning to help them to fight for themselves as well so that they can be warriors on their own battlefield of life. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So yes, I just wanted to jump in and Anthony talk about the scripture that that you were mentioning. It's in Ephesians it's chapter six and it uh, starts at verse number 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against the flesh and blood but against the rulers, the authorities, the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day and having done all, stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one 
and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying all, all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. So yeah, that's a beautiful scripture, very emboldening and empowering that we can lean into uh, the power of the Lord and the creator um, to win these battles. You know, they, they've been won. We just have to tap into to the power and that authority so that we can walk in the, in the winning, you know, the victory of the battles. So yeah, I, I love that scripture. And I wanted to just find it specifically and read through it because it's such a powerful, such a powerful uh, set of verses. It is. It is. The words are, are strong. You can feel. You can feel it in the verse. It, it has authority, right? Uh, I mean, you got the armor. You got a sword. You're prepared for battle. You just need to pick up the tools and your protection and put it on. You know. And I think that word "strong" that that's the key is recognizing that we have a strong God that we are deeply wired to be strong men. And that would just be my encouragement as we wrap this up is, is just tap into that, uh, pull on that, recognize that we have the backing of a powerful God that has already won the victory as Perry talked about. And it's our job as men just to, I think about it as a muscle. You guys were talking earlier about, you know, what if, what if it doesn't come naturally to step up in certain situations? Anthony, you talked about how every time you went to battle, it doesn't necessarily make it easier. You know, you still feel a little bit of fear, but one of my favorite phrases is feel the fear, but do it anyway. And, and so it's almost like a muscle that the more you work the muscle, the more you do it, it doesn't necessarily become easier, but, but it becomes more default. It becomes more natural for you to take action in situations where it may feel uncomfortable for you to take actions. And so I would just encourage as we wrap up men who are listening to this, find one small way today that you can step up and take action Again, in some small way, because the more you do that, now you can take a slightly bigger action next time or a slightly bigger action the time after that. And then eventually you're able to take huge action when when it demands of you for your family, for your community, for your country, whatever that may be. So, Anthony, I certainly appreciate having you on today. I feel like there's still a bunch of questions that we didn't get to that I want to ask you. Maybe we'll have you on again because I want to do an entire episode about uh, being father, fathers in the military. How do you be a good military dad where maybe you're having to leave your kids for long stretches? And so we didn't get into any of that. Uh, we can talk about that another time. But I will give you maybe the final word. Are there any final thoughts that you have, anything we've missed, any parting words for men who who it's time to step up in their role as father, as a warrior specifically. Yeah, I would just say, you know, if there are any fathers out there, or any men out there that, that are, are um, you know, maybe struggle with passivity or, or are trying to navigate the, the path of raising their children, uh, you know, uh, in through the, through the, or raising their, you know, boys through the, the masculinity process uh, or just children in general through a process Right. Just to remember that, you know, God, I, I mean, if you don't have the answer, the answers are in the Bible. Right. It's just that you got to seek them out. Um, and I would say to for those men that are also struggling with passivity, it's, it's not easy to step up. It's not. And, and I know it probably sound, I made it sound like it was easy, but it's not. And there's a lot of risk. It's a lot of vulnerability. Uh, 
But if you know that it's right, you you you, you probably should do it, right? Uh, especially if they're big, if they're big things, you know, you you, you probably should do it. Uh, and just being able to sleep with yourself at night and asking God to lead you in the right direction, I think that's all that's all that you can really do. Uh, and you know, He tells you He's never going to leave you or forsake you. So there's your promise. You know, you're not going into battle alone, right? Especially if it's for a just and moral cause. So, you know, have the courage to do what's right at all times. Yes, that's awesome, brother. Thanks. And I think, too, your charge, that really always motivates you, if not me, then who? Uh, That really rung true. Uh, That really resonated for me. It inspired me today. So, you know, first off, I just want to say thank you for your dedicated years of service to this country um to you know the the good and moral and right you know things that you stand for and that you've spent your really your entire life fighting for i want to thank you you know for that service and i also want to thank anybody else listening um that has served whether that be military fire emt police you know anything like that teachers you know that are that are fighting for uh, the, the good and righteous cause. And, uh, I just want to say thank you for that. And, and I thank you personally, this country thanks you freedom. Thanks you. The Lord thanks you. And, um, man, thanks for being on the podcast today. It's been a joy to get to know you a little bit and get to hear a little bit about your story. I'm certainly inspired to, um, lean into default aggressive, to lean into engagement, decisiveness, to lay down the the passive spirit, you know, of inactivity or indecision. And so I'm inspired. I know that our listeners are as well. And I do look forward to, you know, future episodes. We'll get you back on the show. And and just want to tell everybody, all the listeners, thanks for sharing your time with us today. I believe that time is our most valuable, aside from Yahweh, the, the Lord himself, time is our most valuable asset. So thank you for your time today. Anthony, listeners, thank you for chiming in with us. Brett, thanks for your faithfulness and um, diligence and obedience into walking into this podcast as God has called us into doing this thing together, brother. It's fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me on and, and allowing me to talk. And yeah, I look forward to uh, um, whenever you whenever you want to do another one, Brett. I'm 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 always uh, I'm here to do it for you guys, and you guys are doing a good thing here. I appreciate it. It's good to catch up with you as always, Anthony. I echo everything that has been said. You guys have a blessed week as you go off into the world and fight battles worth fighting. We will talk with you next time on the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. Take care, everyone. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to be a good old boy.